genre. Doctor's Companion, the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today on the show, we'll be discussing Smile, the second episode of Series 10. Yes. Yes. Uh, Directed so, by Lawrence Go. Yes. Um, or Goff. Uh, depending, depending on, on where you are. Where you are or who you are. Or how um, you want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and written by uh, Frank Cotrell Boyce. Cotrell Boyce. Um, who also wrote uh, In the Forest of the Night. Okay. Which was an episode that I liked and apparently no one else did in the history <laughs> of Doctor Who. Um, it's my favorite meatloaf album. <laughs> oh wow that's good i like that in the forest of the night in the forest of, of the, the night, night. <laughs> anytime i picture anytime i picture meatloaf i picture him on a motorcycle like riding out of the flames of hell oh absolutely yeah <laughs> that's, that's, how, like he that's how he wants to be remembered i mm -hmm. think so <laughs> Like, um, it's, it's weird, but like, okay, like, you know, I don't want to bring up, but, you know, when eventually Meatloaf dies, it'll be weird when like all of our tribute art is him like going straight to hell or like <laughs> surrounded by like demonic imagery. <laughs> He's like, Meatloaf's back in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so, so smile, um, Smile is, uh, you know, we talked a lot about this uh, in the long way around. So if you if you weren't listening to those episodes and didn't hear us talk about this a lot, um, you know, this might be your first time hearing this uh, reference. But uh, one of the things that we talk about that Russell T. Davies did was that his seasons had a very definitive structure to them. Where the first episode was a contemporary story, the, the second story was a far future story, and the third story was a Victorian era story. And he did that every single season uh, of without the show fail. without fail. Um, and then when Moffat took over, he did that for series five and then stopped and hasn't done it since, but we're kind of going back to basics this season because we are, we're hitting that Russell T Davies structure again. And uh, so something that, that our listeners who are returning to us, to us might not know, despite how, uh, un, th you know, that, that, that style could be seen as very, uh, you know, restrictive or uh, unorganic, but 
the three of us kind of came to the conclusion that it's not a bad formula and it kind of leads to some really good seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think there's something to be said about coloring inside the lines, but like coloring things in weird colors, if that makes sense, you know, totally. yeah. yeah. Like, like it's, it's the structure makes it feel like Dr. Who. And it makes it feel comfortable, yeah. but then it allows you to do like cool, weird stuff within that structure. Um, yeah. and, and it never goes to a place where it gets so weird and out there that you end up with the wedding of river song, you know, it always, it never stops feeling like Dr. Who as if you're coloring inside the lines. Yeah. It's like the way Weezer colors inside the lines. Like it's they're they're very, uh, you know, fond of like the pop structure of, of songwriting, but what they, what they, sometimes what they do inside of those lines is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I, I think that brings us to smile, which feels like a quintessential episode of Dr. Who, like, you know, as we talked about last week with, with the pilot being a good, like first episode for, for people just getting into Dr. Who. I also feel like this is a really good representation of what Dr. Who is and what it can do, mm-hmm. um, as a, as a property, as a, as a television series. Cause I, I think that smile is sort of everything you want about where, you know, you have these two characters coming into this world, trying to figure out the rules of it. And just as they figure out the rules of it, everything's turned on its head. Like that's Doctor Who to me. Um, and I, I feel like I got a big uh, Ark in Space vibe yeah. from this uh, from this episode, which oh, is totally a, a huge compliment. Yeah. And and by the way, can we just talk about the fact that like Nick understands these references now? I and know I love... it's awesome. Oh <laughs> it's right, so yeah. good. Like I can be like, oh yeah, it's like Ark in Space, and he's like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. It's it's like when you realize that you're like learning another language. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, oh, I understood that conversation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I uh, I really liked it. What did you guys think? Um. I I really liked it too. Uh. The way that I've been watching since it came back was I'll I'll watch class first just to kind of like get it out of the way and then (laughs) and then i'll like watch doctor who and this episode especially like the pilot was really fun and it was good to like actually have doctor who back but this episode for me like felt like coming home like Mm -hmm. just everything like the formula like the formula of it but like not too formulaic and then the reference to arc in space and beast below and just like I don't know, just everything about it was really it was like kind of spooky because I hate robots and it just did like, oh, it like but these all were of some boxes. good robots, Cass. Oh, I know they were so scary. <laughs> oh, I want to hug them. I want to hug one. No, when they were waddling around, I was like, I was like, they they do this little face where like their 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 eyes are half open and they're kind of like scowling and it's kind of yeah, like the grumpy huh. face. Yeah. yeah grumpy face I'm like that's amazing because it's like it's the, the the stakes are so big but it's like hmm <laughs> i don't like this <laughs> i love anyways i'm sorry <sighs> but yeah, yeah no i really liked it what about you nick 
Um, yeah, you know, it like uh, everything you're saying is like totally true. Like if I had a roommate or a girlfriend or something and like they were like, oh, what's Doctor Who? I could totally show them this episode without any context or maybe, you know, like, oh, he's an alien and she he always has like a human assistant. And like, this is it. And it's not even it's it, it's like what Cass and Scott are saying. It's it, it follows the formula, but that doesn't make it formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm, you know, because like I've been very critical of Doctor Who episodes that follow like, you know, the 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 the, the other Doctor Who formula, which is like a, a group of scientists or space marines or farmers or something slowly getting picked off by an alien. Mm-hmm. And I much prefer Doctor and Assistant exploring a place and like learning stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say though that while this episode doesn't really do anything. Uh, exemplary for me or like above average for me it does have the doctor and bill which maybe it's i'm interested to see how this movie i mean how this episode ages after you know we replace the doctor and replace the assistant because or you know if it's just like that new car smell but i i could just watch bill and the doctor explore anywhere and it would be like really entertaining Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm No, I, I I totally agree with that. Um, it's they're a very good pairing, um, very yeah. good pairing. Like they they play really well off each other. Like watching this, um, I was sort of taken aback by the fact that it just felt like I was watching the Doctor and a companion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it didn't feel like I'm. I, it's like oh, I'm watching you know, Capaldi and Bill, you know, it, it felt like, or Capaldi and Pearl Mackey, like it really felt like the doctor. This is, yeah, this, he's just the doctor. Like, yeah. And it, it made me think about like why I love Dr. Who so much. And, and I, I was just like, I'm just watching him play this character that has been played by so many different actors. And yet it's still the doctor. And it just, it that's that concept still never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, um, and, and there's some great Capaldi Doctor moments in this episode, uh, mm-hmm. and there's also great Bill moments. And we're starting to like. I love that we now know what Bill moments are, and it's only been like two episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the way Pro Mackey plays her is just so earnest and like funny, but never like jokey. Like she's never trying to be funny. She just like she's like that friend that you have that you just want to take everywhere. Just so you can see how they react to stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I would love to take like this friend to like Disneyland or like the Mall of America. Uh yeah. It, well, and yeah. and it's and and I love that she goes all in every time. Like she sees a plate with a cube of jello and she's like, Oh, I'm gonna eat this. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. why would I not eat future food? She literally uh, stops and smells the well not flowers but rosemary in this episode right <laughs> yeah no it's great like i i i really love her as a companion because you know it, it what i find really interesting about her as opposed to clara right sure. if you're comparing the two clara was interested in the adventure Mm-hmm. And Bill is interested in learning. Yeah, like Clara was always kind of, they were two, the reason we loved the Doctor and Clara was they were two characters who were like running from something. Mm-hmm. But you get the sense that Bill is just like running headfirst into life. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
<laughs> like she just yeah, she wants to learn everything. She wants to absorb all of it. Yeah. Um and it it's, and yeah, and it hurts her too because we see in this episode sometimes her empathy and her her trying to absorb everything can sometimes lead to a lot of pain. Mhm. Mhm. Um God, Capaldi Capaldi's doctor just has so much Tom Baker in him. It's crazy sometimes. Um this is this is definitely one of those episodes where I'm just like, man, it just like he just feels like four like lecturing his companions. <laughs> like it's so good. Um But he's it. not he's not like super haughty the way Tom Baker can be. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. Very chill. He's like yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like if the fourth doctor had stayed the doctor for like another two hundred years. Oh god. And like <laughs> just like retired and like was just like, you know, just like this chill, like, I mean, yeah, like a, like a tenured professor, you know, like the fourth doctor is a tenured professor is basically, yeah, he's like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was super digging his outfit today. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was admiring that too. And like how he started off as this really sort of like up, uptight outfit. Um, where yeah, like, you know, almost like a almost like a villain, like a like a like a yeah. emperor Ming type outfit. Yeah, he like buttons his shirt all the way, like no tie, just very, you know, stiff upper lip kind of character. And now he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna wear a t shirt, a long coat, and a hoodie, and like shut up about it. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. There was a there's some great little just great little doctor moments like the like the little line that he has when he sees a map. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, maps like they're incorruptible. And I was like, that's the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just loves maps. Um, and it it well, I, I will say like watching this, um, one of the things that Doctor Who, I, well, what what I think is interesting about um Doctor Who is how the doctor can love humanity while constantly seeing it at its worst. Yeah. And it, it's interesting you bring that up because I would say that this is one of the more anti-human episodes we've gotten in a long time. And I like really dug it. Yeah, it was it was definitely yeah. an example of the doctor being like, hey, I'm not just going to be about your guys's well-being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I have a I am I have an interdimensional <laughs> point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, they just wanted to like wipe out a species. He's like, ah, uh, nope, not cool. But they killed our people. He's like, yeah, but I mean, they don't know any better. Like, shut up. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> it wasn't out of malice. I thought they were doing the right thing. It's your fault for programming that way. Right. Which it's like might be. Um... Oh, sorry. No, please um, go ahead. It's kind of like the like the Zygon two parter, but like not as extreme. Like mm-hmm. he's just like, oh god, not this again. You guys just chill out, live together, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like it, it seems harsh at first because you know you you see the people that are murdered, and mm-hmm. like it's 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 sad, and like it's that kid's mom died, you know, but. Mm-hmm. And you, even at first, you're like, whoa, doctor, that's kind of hard. But then you really think about it. And you're like, well, misperspective. Like, yeah, that's that is kind of the the most fair thing you could do. Right. That's why I think I have always. I, I, I that's why I, I think I've always had sort of a, 
somewhat of a problem with Gallifrey stories because I like the doctor being that permanent outside figure. And when you're in Gallifrey stories, he's not anymore because we're on like his home turf. And so he has a side. And I've always liked the doctor not having a side where, yeah. where he is very much, you know, the, the, the middleman. But you don't like it when it's two uh, species. You don't like it when his planet bias is exposed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like when he is, you know, non nonpartisan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is just a really good example of that. This is such a good episode. I, I, I like, I, I know that it doesn't do anything like super special, but it just, it just felt like Dr. Who, like, mm-hmm. like Cass said, it felt like going home. Yeah, it's it's just a typical episode of Doctor Who, but like sometimes that's like, you know, a really good cup of tea or coffee or mm-hmm. a sandwich. I, I I'm making a prediction. Um <laughs> Comic-Con is what, 3 months away? 2 months mm-hmm. away. So it might be too soon, but I'm picturing by next Comic-Con those emoji tags on the back of you are going to be everywhere. Oh, I think that's going to be the new the new merch thing that comes out of of the show. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You can get I, I all will kind of say. I will <laughs> say I what what was because I, I only watched it once um, and I watched it, you know, like on Sunday. So that was a few days ago. Uh, but what was the. I mean, I know that the robots are like trying to monitor your emotions, but like, where did those things come from? Like, did the robots create those emotion monitors or did the human beings create them? I we think, built them. I we think made the them. robots. The robots are are the ones that make the little badges. Okay. Because they're oh, okay. like, like they're they're not even like the the robots that are trying to like kill the people they're like the monitors of those robots so i think like it's able to create like that technology and then like make their job easier mm-hmm. at least yeah that's because like at, yeah because the doctor at first says that the the emojis are really just supposed to be like i'm am i getting enough air am i dehydrated have i do i do i have nourishment yeah. but once that was taken care of, because the robots kept evolving, eventually they were like, oh, this that's weird. This human is hydrated and is is breathing, but he's still unhappy. Well, I we, we have to we, we have to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, you know, Bippo Bapo Bongo, let's turn them all into fertilizer. <laughs> I know I'm yeah. taking a few leaps, but that's like <laughs> that's like the genesis of 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 how it started is. And right. it, uh, 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 they became like, oh, humans are kind of complicated. And like, man, can you imagine if you forgot to like take your antidepressants or something? Oh, God. See, this is why I hate robots. What's wrong? <laughs> Everything's fine in your life. I don't know. I'm just sad for no reason. <laughs> oh, no. It makes sense. In, it makes sense in my head. Oh, God. I can't quantify that because I'm a robot. <laughs> <laughs> God, this that's gonna be a weird, weird civilization. 
Yeah, that is, is. A, that, that is a world I would want to return to in another episode just to see what it's like 100 million years from now or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I I'm worried because uh, those yeah. humans fe- seemed really bloodthirsty. Oh, they were super yeah. trigger happy. Yeah. yeah. But you know who didn't seem super trigger happy? The little kid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're we're, we're yeah, seeing I mean, the little. It, seemed, it just seemed it seemed weird because I, I like it. It it was. It's one of those like things where um, humans and sci fi stuff are like really frustrating sometimes because, you know, they knew nothing about the situation. Like he told them one detail, and he's like, "Well, let's kill them all, slaughter them, let's do it." Yeah, yeah, savages, and, savages, barely even human. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh and he kept like trying to explain what was actually happening and they just like wouldn't even listen. Mm-hmm. Like that that kind of uh that kind of thing is it's always like sort of frustrating to watch. Yeah. You know? Um You know but what it makes though? Good like, science fiction. Now that we are living in the reality that we're living in, I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. Avatar must have been like torture for you then, because that's like three hours of humans like with their fingers in their ears. I mean, you realize that I don't like that movie, right? And <laughs> and quite vehemently. Uh, I think it, I think I, I think I had forgotten that. Yeah, no, I I hate that movie. Um, because when's the last time we talked about Avatar? Uh, I don't know, not that long ago. I'm I sure we've forget. talked about we've we made fun of the sequels a lot. I always well, forget yeah, that but... movie exists. So whenever someone says Avatar, I'm like, oh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the greatest series of our generation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that so one mad. I love. I got so <laughs> mad on uh on natural. I was on Twitter, uh, and there was a a picture where it was Legend of Korra photoshopped with like the Netflix logo. And I was like, whoa, and I, I click on it and it was like, wouldn't it be cool if Netflix put the Aww. avatar? In? And I was like, don't do that. You. <laughs> uh, so mad. Yeah. Like, I, that's like me, like photoshopping a picture of like aliens and a picture of like the, today's newspaper. And like, wouldn't it be cool if an alien came down? with like, <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I loved, I, I really liked the design of the robots as I've, as I've been saying, I liked the design of the world. It was, it was different. Mm. Oh my God. And like the, the shots, the wide, the like overhead shots of the doctor and bill running through the wheat fields uh-huh. was beautiful. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, that's such a cool, that's such a cool image. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's really not even. Is there any kind of, oh, so, okay. So one thing that maybe you guys were already aware of, but I kind of had cemented in my head mythology wise was that the reason the doctor isn't traveling is because he and Nardle are guarding that gate or that, 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 that crypt. Uh Uh-huh. Like that's literally, that's literally like, so it's so, it's such a big deal that he's given up traveling. Mm Mm-hmm. So I definitely that's, that's why I'm I'm fairly convinced that the master's in that box. Mm-hmm. I also liked that it's and Scott, I'm sure you like this, that this this episode showed us that there there can and will be episodes where where Nardle is not in it barely at all. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like good. him. I mean, 
I kind of like him as overbearing parental figure, though. Yeah, the yes, doc, no, the, the doctor referred to him as mom. But could you imagine yes. Naruto like just nervous farting all over this episode, like the whole time? I, I just, <laughs> yeah, like I just, yeah. Oh no, 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 can't uh, can't deal with it. Um, but I do, uh, I I do, I I I loved, I yeah, like I I did like how he was set up of of just like, <laughs> and I do like that he comes in and he's like, what's she doing here? And he's just like really <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, not making like. Huh. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> what's going on here? Nothing. Go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh yeah, I like. They've been that friends a lot. for hundreds of years. Mhm, mhm. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I and 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 I I think we talked. I mean, we talked about the beast below a little bit. Uh, there is a certain sense of like one, the beast below is like directly referenced. Um, in the episode. Uh, yeah. About about the Scottish in space striving for independence. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but also I feel like the, um, the emoji bots are not dissimilar to the smilers, mm. um, in, uh, in beast below where they like change their faces. But the stuff. smilers didn't do anything. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the, the they emoji were like bots a precursor, are... they were like a precursor to a thing happening to you. Um, so, okay, I'm going to do something really stupid and try to work this out in a linear timeline. Mm-hmm. Is this world before or after the Star Whale era? After, because I think I think this is because like, okay, so in the arc in space, you have the human race have left Earth and they're all cryo, cry, uh, cryogenically. Ugh cryogenically frozen on the ship mm-hmm. and this is a cr- is a ship of a crew that is cryogenically frozen that is landed on a planet and built a uh, utopia for them to live on mm-hmm. so i think this is after that stuff okay yeah i'm fairly so, certain i don't so know just Cass, what do you think um i think it's well because arc in space takes place like thousands of years after they're supposed to have woken up Um, oh okay so i think that this is concurrent with um star whale or like a little after because Mm -hmm. they're still looking but like if there's multiple missions Mm -hmm. like you know star whale could be happening at the same time that they're setting up their base but i think our space hasn't happened Mm -hmm. yet because they're still sleeping Right, yeah, and this also very well the... could have been a whole different quote country than the people that landed because the people that landed on the Star Whale were largely the UK. Yeah, because like, well, you know, and and the people on the Star Whale, and, but the, yeah. but the people on the Star Whale they didn't go to sleep. They they're awake and right. Like, right. I, I don't think I if I don't if I remember correctly, I don't think that they're like really searching for a place to live. I think they just like we live here on the no, whale. And... Yeah, and, and I also don't think any mentioning of anyone being cryogenically frozen ever happened. Right, right. So I think that that was a. I think that was like the 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 crew of that 
you know, the Starship UK, I think is what it was called. Yeah. Um, I think that crew was just like, no, I don't think we want to be frozen because could you imagine if we accidentally slept for like thousands of years longer than we should have? <laughs> and then we're we're attacked by a bubble wrap monster. Yeah. I mean, that would be really messed up. So we shouldn't we just should not <laughs> sleep and just yeah. keep moving. I, it's yeah, hard, look. though, because like the um Liz 10, like her body clock was slowed down. So she's been like alive for like 200 years. And then right. you're not real. It's it's hard to like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I thought true. the um the spaceship in this one said United Earth. Mm -hmm. um, so I I don't know if it's like a different. Oh, I thought that was like the name of the company. Oh, I just thought like like it was like the Federation, like in Star Trek, like the Earth got its not, like stuff together. But um... I don't know. But if they got their stuff together, they wouldn't have blown up the planet. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I and I I just really like um I really like the location in this episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love the emptiness of it. Um, you know, before everyone moves in, like it adds there, there's something really eerie about perfection that isn't being lived in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's really, really creepy. And, and it's, and it's crazy that this place like exists somewhere. Like this is, uh, this, the, the city of arts and sciences in Spain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's crazy that it's like an, an actual place. It looks kind of like an airport. Yeah, it does. A little bit. Um, yeah, I just, I really love the idea. Like there's something about, about like going to an existing place and declaring that the walls are made of robots. <laughs> there, there, there's something really audacious about that that i like um like it's just it it's a little ridiculous because it's like anyone in spain watching this episode is like the walls aren't made of robots that's a real place what are you talking about yeah i want that added to the sign uh-huh the walls are, <laughs> Our made, walls of are made of robots <laughs> yeah like it's like going to the sears tower and just being like this is a big mech because that movie said so, <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, what? It, yeah. So so we still we still correctly think that that the master is in that crypt. I I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any more mythology that we really have to cover. Like it was it was very much like a one and done episode. Like and mm -hmm. and you know. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And then next week is Thin Ice, yes. uh, which is our Victorian episode, which I loved that it wasn't – it was – you know, they show up at the end of this episode. They show mm -hmm. up in the next story. That's cool. I, I love that because um, that's – that's an old school Doctor Who thing, you know, like yeah. – and so I like that they're bringing that back. That's like some first, second Doctor stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that they're bringing that back. Uh, you know, the, the, the cave, the shadow of the caveman looming over the TARDIS. <laughs> they're bringing that like kind of tease back. Um, yeah. I like that. I think that's cool. Um, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but when we saw the elephant and then he was like, we're on the Thames. My first thought was, oh, so they went even further into the future. <laughs> 
Yeah, it wasn't until the next time trailer that I was like, oh, okay, they are they are following <laughs> yeah. the Russell T. Davies <laughs> yeah, thing. Then, okay. And then I was like, why would I think that that was <laughs> the future? Because <laughs> you just thought that, like, the earth had been frozen and, and, and the elephants run amok. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But that's the opposite of what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, on both counts. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Ain't going to be no elephants in the future. Oh, no, that's not true. No, they're not endangered anymore. Oh, or something. Good. So, something good happened with elephants. We're doing, we're doing better, guys. Elephants are doing better. If we could somehow make those worthless bastards pandas not endangered anymore, <laughs> are they not? They're not. No, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're not endangered anymore. We're doing better. Okay, but I hate pandas. <laughs> Why do you hate pandas? They chose to live. <laughs> In one spot where they only eat one thing. Are you, are you, that Wait, has okay, no just nutritional value. Just for clarification. Are you in fact not talking about pandas, but are actually talking about animated pandas as featured in the film Kung Fu Panda 3? Oh, no, those pandas are cool. Those pandas are cool. <laughs> okay. Do you know how much work? zoologists have to do to make those stupid bears breed their existence was on the line and they're so lazy and apathetic about eddie they couldn't get them to that's why it's so hard to get panda. that's why it's such a big deal when there's a baby panda because like oh two of these oh. dum-dums were finally able to like <laughs> do the thing that they're alive for <laughs> that's because they ate bamboo yeah which is such a stupid thing and it, to eat and it's the only thing they'll eat Thank God. I'm glad that I well, learned this. Well, this, this episode you. took a turn. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. Uh, so we will be back uh, next week with to talk about Thin Ice. Oh, I um, have a I have a question. Oh, yeah. Um, is this director coming back? Well, let me see. Because I really oh, yeah. like this director. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, Dang not it. this season. What is he? Um, what are his other credentials? In the Forest of the Night. But like, and any are there any other like? Did he direct like oh. Sherlock or? Okay, let me go to. Why no, not Sherlock? Regular. Oh wait, no, no, that was the writer. I'm sorry, I went to the wrong person. Oh, he directed the pilot, so he did the pilot and Smile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and wow, he's not he doing just... any more episodes. He's just but, he just did those. And he and he had really done like nothing before. He's not um he's not clickable on the Wikipedia page, so I can't wow. that's impressive I can't though see what like, else he does. But yeah, no, you're right. Like he's he is really good. Uh I I mean in both I, I think he was really good in like both uh both episodes. Mm -hmm. Um I think. Although and it's and it's even more impressive because I wouldn't have thought they were directed by the same person. Yeah. If I was just watching them, you know, uh, looks like he directed four episodes of that snatch TV show. That isn't very good. Um, he directed a couple episodes of misfits, the series Atlantis. Um, apparently oh, he, uh, apparently he, he directed a lot of, um, like, it looks like he directed two series that were, like, Swedish, maybe. So he might be Swedish. 
That's cool. Maybe. That's yeah. Cool. I don't know. Um, he's That's a writer Pippi, too, apparently. Where Pippi Longstocking's from. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he's just directed. He's just a you know a TV director in mm-hmm. England. He's a directing fool. Yeah. So, uh, let's see if I can look up some information about our next uh, our next story. I um, really, really like Bill's dress. It just says TBA. Okay, that's fun. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Bill handle like the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be. Uh, it should be good. I, I, I don't know what to expect, which I like. Yeah. Uh, and I and it's funny because when I saw pictures and stuff for the this episode, I thought it was going to be in the future because they're in those like diver outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they were like space outfits, but they're but they're not. Um, it's also interesting because there is a uh, a big Finnish audio adventure called Thin Ice. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, let me see. What is the story about? Uh, oh, Ice Warriors, of course. <laughs> oh, wait. But- it's a it's a Seventh Doctor story with the Ice Warriors. Uh, Mark Platt wrote it. Aren't we getting Ice Warriors this season? Yeah. In, um, uh, what was it? Princess of Mars or whatever yes. it's called? Queen oh of Mars, God. something like that. Interesting. Yeah. What if the Ice Warriors make an appearance in this episode? Yeah, that'd be cool. They look like a giant fish, though. I don't know. What looked like a giant fish? The monster. Oh, yeah, it did. Uh, Okay, so this one's written by Sarah Dollard. So we have a female writer next week. Nice. Awesome. First female writer of the season. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She wrote... Oh, it's the writer of Face the Raven. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. So uh so that should be good. She wrote on uh, being human and the uh that spy show uh, the game um as well as like Merlin and Primeval, but we won't hold that against her. Uh <laughs> And uh yeah. So uh I'm 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 excited about next week. It'll be it'll be interesting. Um I'm excited to like go to the past and um after that, we get that knock knock uh, episode, which um, we think is going to be the scary doors. <laughs> <laughs> they're like normal doors, but they're scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, and a new director, Bill Anderson, um, who I, I know nothing about because he's not clickable. Exciting. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So next week uh, should be fun. In the meantime, uh, you can go to our website, duelinggenre.com. You can check out all of our web, uh, all of our stuff there. Also, if you check out our Patreon page at duelinggenre.com/support uh, and support us over there, you gain access to all of our bonus content over at Dueling Genre, but also uh, our class reviews. Uh, which are now Patreon exclusive. So if you liked the class review that uh, we posted a couple of days ago, then uh, and you want to keep listening to them, then become a Patreon subscriber so that you can hear us talk about uh, the rest of the season um, of that show, which has apparently been canceled. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently they're not doing a season two. Ah. Um, 
But but then again, that's the mirror saying that. So who actually knows? Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, we that's that that's it. So we'll talk to you later. Bye.